What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Men's Wellness Collective Podcast. This podcast where we discuss things relating to men, mental health, wellness, and everything in between. I am one of your co-hosts. I go by the name of Mookie. I'm actually Caleb Bodego K, licensed professional counselor in Kansas and Missouri. I am joined by my lovely friends, Dale and Bernie. Say hi, Dalen. Hi, hi, Dalen. <laughs> And my very, very close and professional friend, Jordan Lewis. <laughs> Say hi, Jordan. Hello, everyone. Awesome. <laughs> and we are not today alone on the podcast. You guys have been hearing us on the podcast for, for, for a while by ourselves, but we're having guests again. And this time we are joined by two lovely guests, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Actually, hold on. I'm going to let... Dalen and Jordan introduced our guests. All right, I'll go first. So today I am joined by my lovely wife, Emily. Hello, I'm excited to be here. Aww, Jordan. <laughs> and I'm joined by my PIC, my partner in crime. I don't like using girlfriend. We're not at that stage yet to where we're engaged or married, but this is my partner, Aubrey, and our dog, Coco. And she says hello to you. Oh. <laughs> What's up, Coco? Yeah, so if you're listening, um, obviously, this is a little different than the podcast that you're used to. What we wanted to do was provide an opportunity and a little bit of insight into ourselves. One of the things we talk about on this podcast often is about vulnerability, honesty, and going to the places that you haven't gone to. Because if you can't go there yourselves, you can't take other people there. And as licensed professional counselors, counselors in training, and mental health advocates, we ourselves wanted to talk about relationships. Relationships is a topic that is very hot in, in the zeitgeist right now. I mean, there's literally everything from the red pill community to the blue pill community to everything in the middle. But we just wanted to provide an honest intro, introduction and insight into our relationships, the things that we've gone through, the things that we've struggled through, our successes, our wins, our losses. Sorry, I've been listening to too much Meek Mill. So if I start singing Dreams and Nightmares, just go ahead and cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> but Emily, Aubrey, thank you guys for joining us. What has been your experience of your partners being on this podcast? You guys have been in the background supporting them, watching them do this thing, um, whether it's starting this podcast or going on mental health journey. I want you to introduce yourselves, but also tell us what it's like to be the woman behind these men as they go on this journey to be, quote unquote, better men. Um, I guess I'll hop in first, I guess. Um, I think it's been really cool. Like, Dalen and I met um, in, what was it, 18, 17? 17? 17. 17 and 2017. And, like, I had just gotten out of a really terrible relationship. He'd sworn off dating. And so we started dating. And it was, like, from the get-go, I've always called him, like, my little ray of sunshine. Because he's just, like, he's just the nicest person I think I've ever met. Which is great. Um and it's been really cool to watch him over the past couple of years as he's been in school to be a therapist. And as he's, you know, started doing therapy himself, he's really, um, I don't know, he's just deeper. Like it's, there's more to him than there was. And there was already so much. So it's been really cool to see him like come even, even more into himself throughout it, which is great. Cause I mean, I loved him for who he was when we first met. And it's cool to, like, just continue to get to know him and love him even more as he, you know, grows, too. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's <laughs> so cute. That's so cute. I it is interesting, though, because, like, you mentioned whenever you first met Dalen, he had sworn off dating. And that's the exact same place that Jordan was at when I met him. He had mm -hmm. sworn off dating, too. Um, all together, anything to do, I think, with any of that was yeah. like completely off the table. So, and it's interesting because when I met Jordan, he had just finished, I mean, pretty much just finished your master's program. So like, it's almost like, yeah, I was able to see Jordan after he had come into himself as a therapist, but also like having gone to therapy um, himself in to be more grounded within who he was 
that's who he is. That is when I met him. And then from that point was in 2019 to now, it's been interesting to see that kind of flourish as he's like started practicing and seeing clients, his own clients for therapy, and then getting started with your old podcast, which I'm like, do you even do that? Yeah. His old podcast and starting this podcast has just been really interesting transition, um, seeing it kind of all unfold and, and, and play out. Yeah, so one thing, I, one thing I I think was cool to observe and watch um, you ladies talk about is seeing them for who they were right off the bat, but also watching them grow into a different version of that. That's really cool to hear. And also, there's one thing I noticed: like when Emily talks, Dalen will like stare at her out of the corner of her eye but Emily doesn't you don't take chances you just look at him and then he like oh okay I've got permission I can stare at my cute girlfriend now I can look at my cute wife well Aubrey you just you do what you want and Jordan's like I'll do what I want like she's not going nowhere I'm not going nowhere so we're just here that that to me is what I see is security um and safety in that right like you guys have permission to be who you are around each other. How did you guys develop that? Jordan and Aubrey, would you like to start that? I'll probably start. Yeah, I would say you can start. That's been a a very uh, up and down process, I think. And I appreciate both of you ladies talking about like the good parts of the growth journey. And, you know, that often gets highlighted. Like that growth is this great thing and growth is, you know, it's, it's amazing because you're both becoming these better people. And that certainly has not been like a linear process in my story, nor do I think in our story. I think in a lot yeah. of ways, I've often said this to you. It's like, whether it's being a therapist or being in therapy or embarking on this healing growth journey to the extent that I have, feels sometimes like a blessing and a curse because mm-hmm. I struggle at times with just being sometimes she's so good at just like we're we're good i love you like not everything has to be this like growth moment and growth opportunity or like this and, big like thing yeah like ground shattering event yeah and i'm kind of like how are we evolving today like how are we growing today like how are we connecting today so in in ways that has caused challenges with me trying to learn from her of like, yes, I'm growing. Yes, I'm working on um, a mirror of like my past and my trauma and my history. And, but also, I'm in a good place and I'm in a safe relationship with someone who allows me to be myself, which in, in a romantic sense, I've never felt until, until our relationship. Yeah. Where I can like fully embrace and be me. Yeah. And, Sometimes I can just like rest in that and I don't have to be working all the time when it comes to this. So that's so that was- good. That's so good. I want to pause right there. I don't <laughs> have to be working. I mean, I can't count the number of times my entire life, whether that's personal, romantic, religious, familial, just friendships or just whatever, where like anytime the, the topic of relationships come up, the number one or the number two things that they say is like relationships hard and they take work. And like, while I do believe that there's always constant work to be done, it doesn't mean that you're always working. Yeah. And that's yeah. so good. That's so good that you guys pointed out. And like you said, like, cause if you're constantly working, when do you rest? And if you're not able to rest like in the person and with the person that you're with, man, I think I think that's a, that's a huge huge thing you brought up, Jordan. And uh, Emily and Dalen, any comments or responses to that? Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't know. One thing that like we both noticed about our relationship and us early on was like we make each other laugh like yeah. all the time, like deep belly laughs. <laughs> Over small things. And it's just, you know, we can do that, but then we can also have the serious conversations. Or if one of us is going through something, like, we can have, you know, support each other through the hard times. So I think it's, like, the balance of, like, 
when is it time to like push and grow and get better and understand each other? And when is it time to just have fun and be silly with each other? And like, cause that's why ultimately why you be with somebody it's because yeah. you have fun with them and it's like, fun. it's fun. It's supposed it's to be fun. fun. To have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think that gets lost sometimes. Like people are like, Oh yeah. Relationships are hard, but I'm like, but why is that the first thing you say? Like, shouldn't it be fun? Like, are you happy? Like, are you going on dates? Like, you don't have to go on dates, but like, what did you do with your partner that made you happy today? Like, it's not, it shouldn't be a job. It should be fun. Yeah. I think sometimes too, like, at least from other relationships with, oh, that was me kicking my table. Sorry. Um, Other relationships that I've seen with my friends, I feel like they get wrapped up in sometimes everything else that's going on, whether that's their kids or I don't like why, I don't know. They just get wrapped up in everything else that happens that they kind of forget or maybe like step away from their relationship. And I think like it is important to be yourself and like me and Jordan by no means share. I mean, I'm like working most of the time. So I feel like we like very rarely are just sitting down, like always thinking about relationship connecting and doing whatever but sometimes whenever you have too much other things going on I feel like that's whenever people are like oh relationships are hard because then you know you have maybe one partner who is focused on on something else and the other one will kind of feel left out or feel forgotten about or it can kind of come off sometimes as oh well they just don't care about our relationship anymore but really it's just like where at the end of the day do you guys still like each other like do you guys still have fun with each other or is it always just like a stressful interaction mm-hmm. every single time you come home from whatever it is that you're doing and I feel like that's like when I look at our relationship compared to like some of my other friends and just people I know I feel like that's the biggest difference I feel like Jordan and I both were we live life like everyone else and we're both very busy but we're we come home and it's not like stressful to like talk and, you know mm-hmm. yeah I think that's where it causes trouble sometimes yeah but like like you said no relationship is without conflict no relationship is without stress and yeah. okay obviously I guess I should backtrack and have a moment of vulnerability I don't have a partner on the podcast with me that's because I'm not in a permanent situation or an entanglement or a situationship uh <laughs> <laughs> according to the group chat i belong to that is, oh yeah so entanglements over situationships situations over entanglements we can have an entire podcast over that but according to the group <laughs> chat uh shout out to the boys and them i belong to the streets not entirely true but not entirely untrue i am in a situation where i'm going to use uh aubrey drake graham's um wording uh, yes, sir. I, I I love my space. Mm-hmm. I love my time. I love my energy, and it's going to take someone very special to come along, and not necessarily derail the trajectory, but fit into um, the space I'm in, while I can also fit into their space, so our joint missions can like elevate each other, as opposed to. One of us having to detract. Neither one of us. Like I feel like if I am to be in something more serious outside of whatever I'm in now, it has to be something where neither one of us has to take the back seat. Rather that we could be each other's co-pilots, like grow together type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying you talk about that all. Yeah, I think. uh... I think for a lot of people, it's hard to, I've been talking with friends, coworkers, like relationships have the opportunity, like they will, I won't even say have the opportunity, they will bring out your worst fears, your worst insecurities, like all the parts of you that you thought you worked on, <laughs> like that's going to get reflected back to you in all these ways, right? And I think that the reason sometimes to your point, Mookie, of people feeling like they need to take a back seat or vice versa, refusing to take the back seat out of fear that like, no, I'm the star player in this relationship, right? Like I'm the, I'm the person. 
So I'm not going to take a backseat to anyone. I think a lot of times the barrier to co-growth and co-pilot interaction is one or both parties feeling not dealing with all the fears and insecurities that come up. Because I'll be the first to say security in a relationship to a degree is like a choice. Mm. It's like a reminder because my fears and insecurities in some of the ways we get, we have interactions are reflected back to me all the time. That's just the nature of relationships. And if I let those take the front seat or take the driver's seat, then I'll never feel secure in this. Um, I have to do the work to deal with those own insecurities in myself, to quiet them, to talk to them, to reassure them so that I'm not blaming her for the stuff that's actually like going on in me. Mm. And I think that's very important. That's probably the thing I try to do the most. My, our couples therapist once said to me specifically, cause I have a bigger problem with this than she does. It's like, when you're feeling turbulence in the relationship or discomfort, stay present to self rather than jump outside and leave yourself and get wrapped up into, into you. Just yeah. kind of my tendency. Cause like, I'm very much like you Mookie. I, before meeting Jordan and now, like I'm very much like you could say belong to the streets, not in the way that people like to apply that to females nowadays, but like I had been single I was okay with being single. I liked my space. I like things a certain way. I do things a certain way. I I like the freedom of being able to do what I want. I don't ever, like, if I'm going to go do something, I don't feel the need. I've never had to, like, run it past anybody. Like, I very much just, like, do what I want to do, take care of what I have to take care of, and yeah. have fun while doing yeah. it. And I wasn't going to ever be in a relationship where that changed. Um, so I, in the same way, had to find someone who was able to fit in to that without feeling like they were not being genuine to themselves or that I wasn't present within a relationship. Like I just, and I think that's hard to find. So I do, I get where you, you come from, Mookie. It's like, you have to find someone who kind of fits seamlessly within that. And you guys both grow from that because that's why me and Jordan kind of, I feel like clicked well because I'm just very comfortable in who I am and the way, you know, my life and the way I do things. And I feel like you are too, even though sometimes, awesome. sometimes, yeah, the way I am might bring up things within you that you have to address yeah. and vice versa. I mean, that, that's how like you learn from each other. In relationships. Mm -hmm. Like there's things that like I'll do or say, and because Jordan's, a, I like to, you know, say it's because he's a therapist, but um, he'll be like, well, you know, really seems like whatever. <laughs> you have to be able to like think like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But like at the end of the day, I'm always, I feel like I'm always pretty true to myself and yeah. we just both are able to hear one another and grow with each other and not ever feel like, you know, I have to take a backseat to Jordan or Jordan has to take a backseat to me. Like, he can still be himself and I can still be myself and we can we can have fun doing that um, without feeling like we're being someone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Emily, I saw you nodding a lot and like responding to uh, a lot of things that he said. So I want to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, just because like I, I when, when Dalen and I finally started dating, like we met at work and like we had like a very appropriate workplace flirtation going on. And then I was finally single and I was just like, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but <laughs> I was playing hard to get. Yeah, no, he's just oblivious, sweet angel baby, oblivious ray of sunshine. Um, which is great. Uh, it was like it was like date three. We were at my apartment, and I was like, "Here's the deal. I'm planning on doing this with my life. This is what I want. These are my expectations. This is my plan. If you have a problem with any of this, I like you a lot. This could be fun, but get out." Like that was the conversation that I sat down and had with him. And he was like, no, like, that all sounds good. And I was like, what? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if he had any big things. And he was like, I mean, not really. Like, this this all sounds fine to me. Like, I, I like you. And I was like, okay, I guess you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> it was I guess like, I'll keep you around. 
Yeah, yeah. It was just like being that upfront. I think both of us were at a point just with dating and being in relationships in general that we were over it. Like I was over not being treated how I deserved to be treated. I was over having to worry about everything. So I just laid it all out on the table. And I was like, this is me. This is what I deal with. This is what I want to do. All of that. And because I think we started out our relationship like that. Like there's never been any kind of like, oh, well, you never told me that. Mm -hmm. Or like, I didn't know that that's what wanted like it's all been very much up front since the beginning um and I think that that's like I mean it goes to the whole thing like what's the most important part of a relationship and communication um that's like so many times I hear people go well they're not doing this for me in their relationship and I'm just like well did you did you talk about it like have you your words um and so often it's like well they should know and I operate under the understanding that this man the love of my life will never know what's going on in my head (laughs) so like I don't I don't like I mean he does know me really well but I never want to feel like he should have done something or I wanted him to do something and he didn't know that so I just use my words I might over communicate at times. We both still mess up with that. Sometimes, I mean, I was sick the other day and I didn't ask for help. And then I was mad that she didn't like take care of me when I was sick. And she's like, (laughs) I'm like, but you should know. And so it's like, we're still not perfect at it. Sometimes it's like, you know, we'll still mess up on that. And then it's okay, wait, here's how we should have handled it. We have a conversation and it's like, okay, now next time it'll be better. So it's like, we're not perfect at this. We're still getting better. We're better than we were a year ago. Yeah. We'll be better a year from now. But, like, there's still that, like, it's the constant checking and growing, I think, that we're both doing as individuals and in our relationship. So it's constantly, like, here's what I'm working on in my own therapy. What are you working on in your own therapy? And, like, we kind of have, like, like debriefings of, like, what we talked about. And it's just like, oh, great. That's good to know. Like, I didn't know about that. Or it's like, oh, I'm glad you finally figured that out. <laughs> um <laughs> I've been waiting on you to figure that shit. Yeah. Without fail, I'll be like, oh, I found this out in therapy. And he's like, oh, you hadn't figured that out yet? And I'm like, <laughs> I knew that six months ago. Hello? Yeah. And it, that's so, uh, again, there's so much insight into watching and he, like watching you guys interact, but also hearing about the interactions. Like, truly, I believe that most guys are oblivious as to when women are actually in tune with them. Unless. <laughs> We are like truly like right, I'm locked in. I'm in that mode. I'm going after this specific thing. Because at one point, like a friend literally had to go, "Are you dumb? Do you not see all the attention that's coming your way?" And I was like, "Oh no, I just thought you was being friendly." Mm-hmm. Which also <laughs> is a thing because there is the, there's the opposite spectrum where guys often think that tend to think that if a woman like looks you in the eyes and smiles at you, oh, she wants me. My brother mm-hmm. in Christ, she is a barista at Starbucks. She, <laughs> she looks in the eyes and smiles at everyone at that counter. And so, hopes you want a dollar for a tip. <laughs> exactly. So I think, I think honestly, understanding yourself, one, one of the things that I'm hearing you guys say a lot, and I'm even learning in myself, in my therapy, Uh, And my exploration of self and other and self within other and maintaining self while connecting to other is in order to know you, I got to know me. And especially like I'm finding myself like when I'm going out on dates or if I'm um, like intimate with someone for a while is that like we often show up to the table as the most ideal version of ourselves first, right? The version of ourselves that even we can't necessarily live up to is who we try to show up as to the first day. But what I'm hearing you say is that like, it seems like the women are really good at seeing through that. And they're like, Oh, this is you trying to be Mr. Whoever, but I see you and just like, if you are who you are, I like who you are. Then this can work. But like, again, I would say as men, there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way and do a certain thing. I mean, I've if you jump on YouTube, like there's literally everything from, again, people saying, okay, you got to be you got to be above six two, you got to make above six figures and uh, you got to pay for this, that and the third. 
And I'm just like, if that, if those are the only men that are ever going to get the, any women, then 99.9% of us are screwed. But All three also, of us are screwed. Yeah, that's I'm, the case. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I, here we are, we're, we're out of the we're out of the loop. But then there's also the I'm a man and this is what I want and anything else that does that I say that doesn't go then she's not. I'm a high what is it high value man again. Rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. I think he had some good ideas. I think it might have been misguided in how he portrayed a lot of his ideas. But like, where's the balance in being dominant? assertive protective provider but being soft cautious tender both as a man and as a woman like because like in today's day and age like something like 75 percent of women will will be out educating their male counterparts And something like 65% of women will out-earn their male counterparts. Like, when those things begin to happen, if it's happened in your relationship, how have you navigated it? And if, like, what's the, if you've seen things that haven't worked, what has been your experience of seeing things that have worked, what's not worked, and then what are you guys implementing into your relationships to make to manage that? This is a great question. You know exactly what I'm thinking about. You're probably thinking about a lot of things, because I think in a lot of ways... The traditional, um, the traditional idea of a, what a man should do and what a man should be, I do not fit. You know, I can't. I'm not a repair guy. She hangs up most of the stuff in the house, and I'm the one giving her the nail. Uh, I can't <laughs> change a tire. Sense. You know, like, I, know. I didn't learn those things. I grew up spending so much time in other things like sports that, like, I, my dad didn't teach me how to do that stuff, right? Um, and I think it comes back to, like, for me, real masculinity and the positive traits of masculinity being assertively and, and, and effectively communicating what you want and going after what you want, um, being the confidence, those kind of things come from a true, honest, keyword honest, understanding of who you are. That means the good, the bad, the ugly, the strengths, the weaknesses. The ways that in your tendencies and how you're prone to fall short in certain areas. When I know that, I don't have any insecurity of allowing her to pick up the slack in being my strength in the areas that I'm weak and vice versa. There are ways that I'm stronger than her in certain walks of life or in certain areas and categories. When there's not, a, when you understand who you are, there's no insecurity in saying, "Hey, babe." Uh, come help me change my tire. That literally happened like last year. I had a flat tire. She had to come help me change it because I did not know what to do. Or vice versa, when you say, hey, help me write this email because I'm better at words and communicating, right? So we can truly allow one another to come through for the other one Mm -hmm. when there's no shame and like, I don't know how to hang this up or Mm -hmm. I don't know how to use a, Stunfinder, like all these things that have literally happened in our life. I can laugh about it because I don't have any, that doesn't take away who I am as a man. Whereas like for me, like I think that also just has to do with <clears throat> like, <clears throat> excuse my cough guys, that's gross. <clears throat> but I think it has to do with, I was also always very close with my dad. So, and my dad, he, you know, some people, I think when they think of like a father-daughter relationship, it's like, you get everything you want, like you're spoiled, which people will say that about my dad, I think. But what my dad did teach me is to be independent and to be able to do for myself. So, you know, like I was saying, like I was single and doing everything on my own for a really long time. So I learned how my dad taught me how to use a stud finder and I, he taught me how to change change my tire and all these things so whenever you're able to like you know like you said just see your partner for who they are and and their strengths and weaknesses for what they are and you can use those to learn from each other and grow I don't know I I feel like that just I don't know I feel like for us it's elevated our relationship because it's not it's not a competition I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. people see it as like a weird competition you know what I mean that's good that's good that's good the same team it's same team 
Matt, you're not fighting against each other. Like, in our relationship, I've made more money than Dalen has since he met me. Like, yeah. I, because, like, I, I've been working since I was 16, and I've had multiple jobs. Like, when he met me, I think I had, like, four, four jobs when four he met jobs, me. Yeah. Um, and that's just, like, I, I, that's, I've built my own security net. Like, I've had to build my own security net, and I've worked my butt off, and I am who I am. Um, <laughs> that's yeah let's go <laughs> yeah and that was something that like i i immediately noticed obviously because just she was on unapologetically like doing what she needed to do and being herself and like i really admired and liked that and i was like i want to be more like that and if i attach myself to this person like it's gonna kind of rub off on me and like i'll start doing things for me and like mm-hmm. so it was just like yeah immediate like I liked that she was independent because I didn't want the weak damsel in distress that I was going to have to do everything for. Like, I saw that. I'm like, that's not fair. I, like, that's way too much pressure on me to have to provide, have to fix everything, have to do this, have to do that. Like, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. Like, if that's what a man, that sounds like a miserable life. I want someone who can actually help me get better and help my life be better and vice versa. And you know what? I will say... To any woman out there who looks at that and is like, oh, she makes more than him, Mm-mm. you're a fucking hypocrite because <laughs> you sit there and say how the wage gap between men and women isn't fair. But then to look at a relationship where the woman is making more than a man, um, the man and to have an opinion on that and to at the same time be one of the many women who feel like there shouldn't be a wage gap I just know a lot of people who feel that way, so I just have to call them out. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I, I mean, it's something that I still struggle with, like, as being a super independent woman that, like, knows how to fix things. Like, I'm very handy. I am I know how to do all of the things. She fixes the things around the house. Um, I, like, keep asking Dylan to fix things in our house. And it was in, in the garage, like, a month ago. He looked at me and he goes, Emily, every single tool in this house is yours. I do not know how to fix this. <laughs> and I went, oh. Um, so now I've like accepted my role because I'm still like, hey, can you clean the sink out? Because mostly it's just gross and I don't want to do it. But it's like accepting that that is actually my strength. And our relationship yeah. is being the one that like fixes the door and, you know, puts the things back together. Like accepting, even if it isn't necessarily like normalized gender roles. Like I still fight that even though I am like the most competent, independent person that there could be. Yeah. <laughs> And again, that's that sounds like a different form of self-awareness and self-acceptance <laughs> from the woman's perspective, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting a man who makes more money than you. No. Just don't oh. eliminate all men because that's a thing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting to end the age gap, but just don't be hypocritical about it. There's nothing wrong with, like, wanting certain things. But no. don't, it's almost like, it's almost like, okay, well, if, if you want certain <clears throat> things and you know what you're going to get, but don't expect to get these things and then be mad when you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Also, be okay with, I'm hearing, navigating the space in between. That's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hearing is navigating the space in between. Because one thing my dad said to me that I take to the bank every single morning is, <laughs> I'm smart enough to know what I know. And I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And what I don't know is how to fix things. So what I'm going <laughs> to do is use my smarts to make money to pay people <laughs> to do <laughs> those things for me. Yes. Because my time, honestly, my time is way, 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 way better spent learning, improving, and getting better at being the best therapist I can be. And then using that skill to make money and then spending that money on a quality handyman this closet behind me i have been trying to fix since 2009 (laughs) i'm sure the right man woman or whatever could fix this in 20 minutes with two dollars and a lunchable it's been i've got one door that works that one door slides the other one is over there somewhere hanging off the yeah it's right there it's hanging <laughs> that's the other door sometimes i have to jerry rig it but all, all that to say is that 
in order to really be with someone fully committed, you have to learn to be with yourself. Like Mm -hmm. a relationship with someone is a true and honest relationship with yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said earlier, you know, people leave with their ideal selves. I think um, a better approach is to lead with your strengths and then shortly after follow up with your weaknesses as well. Like I almost, I'm not going to say this is good or bad or indifferent, but my approach very early on was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Surface job, how I present myself, you know, if I, it would be very easy for me to highlight all the good. Most people have do that to me my entire life. It's like, Jordan, look at him. He's great. So I know that if I'm not careful, I'll slip into that too. I almost like over and remind of like all the messed up stuff. I almost like led with that earlier than I normally would have, or maybe most people do because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is going to come off arrogant. But like, I'm, yeah, you're going to think I'm great. Here's <laughs> the real deal. Like, mm-hmm. here's the abandonment trauma. Here's the perfection. Like, all of that stuff. Um, I've just grown really comfortable with putting out there and expressing because I have to keep myself honest. It's It's too easy to think that you are beyond what's the word beyond reproach like that you you can be critiqued and that you can grow um so i know that about myself well enough to say like yep and here's all this here's all this other stuff that i know you have to deal with uh, because i deal with it and you're the closest person to me so i never try to like take that for granted at the same time um mm-hmm. yeah Never take that for granted. Never take mm-hmm. that for granted. Jordan, I, I think I'm hearing you say is seize every opportunity while also being brave enough to like go for like be cautious but go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I just don't think there's anything to gain from hiding who you really are. Like, if you're trying to be your ideal self, but you're not dealing with the things that are actually a problem, like, you're never going to benefit from that. Because you have to deal with the parts of you that aren't fun, Mm. to be honest. Like, if you're being your ideal self with a partner, be it, like, at the beginning of a relationship or not, at some point, that's going to come out. At some point, it's going to show up. And then the other person's not going to be prepared for it. Like, you weren't honest. Yeah, yeah. I think Emily might have even caught what Jordan was trying to say better than I did. Like, cause that sounds like a more on point interpretation. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's really well done. Like, very well done. <laughs> Again, maybe this is why I'm single. Cause apparently <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure all this out. No. Or maybe you just need to find the right girl who's a handy girl. So shout out to all you girls out there who know how to fix the door <laughs> to the closet. You might be the one for my boy Mook. <laughs> maybe. Can I ask a question? Because yeah. that last point that Emily um, said, kind of building on my point, made me think. I think this goes maybe for everyone. We talk about the benefits of growth. We talk about how uh, important it is and how, you know, Emily and Aubrey have shared how great it is to be with the, the a guy who's growing, right? This is Men's Wellness Collective. So, like, men, grow and, and get to know yourself. What have been the growing pains, though, mm. for you all? And I think even, Mook, you can speak to this as someone mm-hmm. who isn't currently partnered, but you're growing. Like, what are the growing pains that come with, as I said before, this is just my take, I believe, it's double-sided. I believe it's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Like the, there is, everything's a trade-off. Like there's a tremendous opportunity and positive benefit that comes from this, but it's not without its cost yeah. at the same time, which yeah. is why so many people don't grow because there's a benefit to not growing mm-hmm. to a degree, right? So I don't know. I would just be curious. I always like to look at the other side of things mm-hmm. and not leave people thinking like that, this stuff that we talk about on this podcast is always 
rose-colored glasses yeah. or that we're not taking into account that this is all easier said than done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so maybe we can speak to that a little bit of like, what are the challenges of this stuff? Yeah. I, do, can I? But, yeah, can I, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I have an idea where you're uh -huh. going. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you actually want or not. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I think for me, it has put more pressure on me to do better. Like, Daylin Growing has... Um, made me have to be a better wife like he expects more he expects to be treated the way he deserves to be treated and I fall short on that sometimes like we joke around and we say we have a great relationship but like out of the two of us like he's definitely the caretaker like he takes care of me and so like him growing he's like nah I deserve to be taken care of when I'm sick and I go off so sorry like let me readjust here like I know that I need to do better for you but that's been really hard to hear like it's really hard to hear somebody tell you that you need to do more especially when you love them so much like that's been probably the last year and a half has been a lot of him going hey could you pay attention to me and I'm like oh yeah yeah I need to do better on that so there's a lot of conversations on that that we have to have yeah well i think on the same side like i've wanted to get better with my insecurities and like my vulnerability stuff because you were so much better at it than me mm -hmm. so in that way you've pushed me to become better in touch with myself because so often like she could tell that something was wrong with me because i was like acting weird and off and she'd be like what's wrong with you i'd be like nothing and then a little bit like what's wrong with you nothing and then it'd be like eventually i'd be like I think it's this. And she's like, really? I had no idea. But like, yeah. you know, and it was like, she had to like literally like poke it out of me. And sometimes, you know, it was, I mean, it was annoying and a little frustrating for sure. But like, ultimately it kind of helped me like get out of my own head and like talk about stuff. Um, so I think that was like the hardest thing for me. was like going to those vulnerable places and talking about my insecurities because I never had anyone in a relationship do that with me because they expected be the man and have it together and to mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to be broken and insecure and embarrassed and ashamed of myself like none of, like none of my relationships had space for that mm -hmm. and this was the first time someone was like what's really going on like I, I can tell something's wrong with you like what is it and like I think it took me a little while to like warm up to the idea that like it is okay to be that way um so I think that's been like my biggest thing of like opening up and being softer and like it is okay to share that mm -hmm. <laughs> it's encouraged and we've gotten better because of it yeah. but like it was really hard for me um for it's a while like cracking a nut for a while i mm -hmm. feel like there's something in there what is it hello yeah yeah wow good for good i hear that like yeah, that makes me happy because emily saw that there was this area he needed to grow and then as he's grown Dalen is now realizing that the things that maybe he would have kept in and try to deal with himself now sometimes come out and affect you, Emily. And mm -hmm. yet you're still able to say, damn, okay, I, that hurts or that's hard to hear. Mm -hmm. But I know that as a result of his growth, he's going to share those things with me mm -hmm. that he feels like discontent or that he needs something. And so you're able to still not lose sight of the fact that like, this was good. This is what I wanted to begin with. Yeah. And not and Wrong. It's hard. Like I, I get defensive sometimes, and I'm like, "How dare you be?" Uh, uh, okay. Yep. You have every right to be mad right now. I'm very sorry, and I just have to eat it because that's what I want. Like I want yeah. able to share, and I want us to be able to work on that. And if I'm like not willing to hear it, what was the whole point? You know? Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, that's good. I echo kind of what exactly what you're saying, Emily, because. But like with Jordan, him, I always uh, uh, put it to being a therapist, but I feel like Jordan is definitely the caretaker in our relationship. And he's taught me how to be like softer and like he's shown me how to not take accountability. Haha, -ha, joking. as a joke from, <laughs> from before the podcast started. But um <laughs> To be, like, softer, I guess, and to, like, realize, like, oh, okay, like, I do need to, when, I don't know, something happens, I need to 
think like, oh yeah, this might make someone else who's not me feel this way because I'm just kind of always in my head doing my own thing. And sometimes Jordan's like, do you see me here? Like, I feel like I feel this way. This is how I feel. And I'm like, oh yeah, like, I'm sorry. Like, cause you just get so, you're just so, I feel like I'm a lot of times so set in who I am mm-hmm. and I'm just so comfortable that I forget how other people, not how other people feel sometimes because I feel like I do, I'm not like a heartless person, <laughs> but just how some people like to be approached and how they like to be cared for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you got it. You, you've been quiet for a long time. So <laughs> to respond to your question, growth Growth, growth is so good in so many ways, but sucks in so many other ways. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned about growth is that you're constantly dying to yourself. And what that means is, I actually learned this in supervision, is that ideal version of yourself, you have to let that version of yourself die every day. The problem is, it's an unkillable idea. So you just got to kind of poke and stab at it every day to show up as your authentic self. And what yeah. that means is that in off what I found out about me is that like previously I've shown up in relationships as the doer and the giver with the unsaid expectation of receiving everything that I hope, right? Mm-hmm. So I show up for them, I do everything that they need like to make them happy, hoping and praying and wishing without actually stating it, that they would meet my needs. Mm -hmm. And growth has been coming to places where I'm just like, you might not actually be able to meet this need. Mm -hmm. I might not be able to meet this need. Um, Doing, stating, and being in places to say things like, hey, I, I, I came to you with this thing at this very vulnerable time and you missed it. And it really, really hurt. Without <laughs> sounding it like an accusatory, you didn't do this for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, here's where I'm at. Here's what's <laughs> going on with me. Here's what I'm experiencing. What are you experiencing? The dangerous part about that is one of my like, one of like my tippity top fears is an abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. So when I show up and say all the things that make me nervous about the relationship, it literally kicks my fear of abandonment into high gear. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like strapped into the DeLorean, kicked in, like going at a hundred miles an hour, like heading for a brick wall, but like, what that has done is allow for the other person to say, A, you're right, I can't meet this need. B, I didn't even know that you had this need. Or C, I've been waiting for you to tell me this the whole time and I've been trying to meet it, but you need A, B, and C. I've been trying to give you E, G, and F. So how do we now come to the table and meet each other? Like, those can be those can be very difficult talks, but I had to have those talks internally with myself mm-hmm. first before I could mm-hmm. have those with a partner. That's been the hardest part of growth is because, like, again, in order to show up in a relationship, you have to show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's fire. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, uh, there's so many that come to mind, but one of the things for me is I... Uh, my, my big philosophy, I think this, well, probably everyone on the podcast would agree is I know for a fact that Dale and Mookie would agree because it's our whole profession is to take what is beneath the surface, you know, for picturing an iceberg, how much of what's below the surface can I make available, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to be my next tattoo is like the iceberg to uh, ex- oh, uh, nice. that or symbolize that. So the more I do that with myself, and the more I like excavate and not ignore the shit that's going on in me, it makes it harder for me to 
like now in our relationship, when things arise, I can't ignore it. So yep. I think you would probably agree that at times what that does is increase the frequency of these tougher conversations because I'm, I cannot ignore this need that I feel is going unmet or this way in which we're not connecting or understanding one another. Like it has to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And at times that feels like I'm inflicting all this, like injecting all this pressure into the relationship um, until I've realized that one, credit to you, like you're willing to have those conversations. You care about the relationship um, enough to do it. And I've also gotten better at like, well, I guess you would have to speak to that. I feel as if I've, I've gotten a little better about saying, Hey, this is something I want to talk about. Can we set aside some time Saturday or on your day off or some evening to address this thing that I've been thinking about that you likely haven't because I'm the person who's always thinking about these yeah. things. Um, and it's thankfully like always met with a, yeah, sure. Let's do it this time. And a lot of times it goes pretty well. Yeah. That's always been my biggest thing is timing. Um, I feel like in, in our Jordan and I's relationship, he's really helped me grow in that just one communication, but just as far as like taking your, the way you feel and being able to, or sometimes what you disagree with um, and being able to not see it as like a judgment, but you know, take a harsh critical analysis of a part of you and realize like oh yeah i could see that and like be able to grow from that and, and navigate that within your relationship and i feel like because you you do that so well and at first in our relationship it was always like like you had said we have to we it, i've come to this realization we need to talk right now and for me someone who is not always thinking about growing and all of these things like he's teaching me that it was a lot at first because to me it's like oh like i'm like my mind is like a squirrel like it's like here to the left to the right up down and around all at the same time so like those types of conversations take a lot of energy out of me so those aren't just conversations that i can have just like on a whim um so timing was always a big issue because when he wanted to talk about things that would come up it was just not a good time for me. And so I wasn't present within that. And I felt like I wasn't able to give what I wanted to give, or sometimes just that I, there would be realizations because I wasn't thinking about it, realizations that I would come to days after the, the conversation, because we had it in the moment when he was ready, would have been more beneficial for me to talk about upfront. Mm -hmm. so that's been definitely a growing area and he, yeah we've gotten a lot better at that as far as timing and mm -hmm. you know, when the right time to talk about something and especially depending on what it is that we're talking about too you know you want to yeah. make sure that your partner feels heard and everything so that's been like a really huge growing area for myself i know jordan said it was for him but i feel like for me it's been, mm -hmm. it's been more of a thing for me than for you team effort yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I like to talk about those things because I think it's easy on the other end or further along to say like, and then I, people to see this and like, wow, they just get it. But it's like, no, it, it takes that process and that process can be really hard and frustrating. And I don't think enough people on these kinds of platforms talk about that process and mm -hmm. highlight the fact that, no, this is really frustrating at times. And we've had our moments where like we're going at each other and um you know it'd be just i think uh irresponsible of us to not address that so i appreciate y'all sharing that yeah. that part i feel like we could talk about i feel like we could just sit here and talk for like endless amount of time about relationships <laughs> but like this is a podcast and we haven't gone for a while and so i i think the best way to end maybe part one of this relationship series would just be to be very open, honest, and vulnerable and ask for 
feedback and advice for the people listening into not like I think it's dumb as what's one piece of advice that you would give out there to a single person? <laughs> Shut up. There's 8 billion people in the world and 900,000 of them might like what one thing you say. Um, but like, what have been the things that have made your relationship work? The good, the bad, the ugly. What's uh, uh, What are the things that have made it work? And then we'll end it on that. I could start because mine, I could... For me, the biggest thing has been... You, you, you're probably going to take the words out of my mouth because I know things, but then maybe you know all of them. Maybe. We'll see. Um, for me, the biggest thing has been a commitment to seeking to understand this person. Hmm. That, to me, has mitigated and sometimes even eliminated like 60% of conflicts that would have been the case years ago. Because rather than jump to, you need to change and you're the problem, I've exercised these muscles to go, why does she do that? First in myself, and then ask, hey, why do, why do you do this? Not in like a confrontational way, but a genuine curiosity of like, I want to know all as much as I can about the ways that you work, the way your mind works, the way you think the stuff that's happened to you and how it's impacted you. Like I want to do that in the same way I want to do it with myself. I want to do that with my partner. And that has allowed me to ask questions better before I judge to, and, and, and when I can do that and when she can respond and give me the understanding, I go, Oh, like, okay. Yeah. I'm not mad about that anymore. Like, she mentioned earlier, just a quick example. Those moments where I want to talk right now and I would feel like you're not, you don't care. You don't pay, you're not paying attention. You want to check out. Like I'm trying to be in this conversation and you're not as present as me. Mm-hmm. Before I would be like, you don't care. And now I'm pissed. <laughs> and now through questioning, I've realized that, that like it's literally my brain has to kind of be prepared and I'm susceptible to distraction and all these different things. So it's not that you don't care. It's that you think in your brain works a certain way that's different from mine. And so how do we work together to make sure that you get what you need, designated time and space to really hone in and focus on what we have to address. And I get what I need, which is the addressing of the thing and mm-hmm. the space to talk. And none of that would have been possible if I, am not like committed to how well can I understand you? How well can I understand this person? Yeah. And I think too, you know, like in relationships, people always talk about like vulnerability being a huge thing. And like that sometimes being a reason why, you know, it's just hard for, for men to be vulnerable or even for women to be vulnerable. And so they, they don't really connect because you can't be vulnerable because they can't be vulnerable. They can't really be who they are. And if they can't be who they are, then they're just being someone else. It's just like a circle. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's kind of like the, for me, like kind of looking back on this, it's just like a realization I just had when you were talking was because Jordan has always been like, why do you do that? And it's never like a judging, like, why do you do that? You know, like whatever you do something that's like annoying. It's always like, I noticed this, like, why do you do that? I'm just like curious because like, I want to know like why it is that you do that. Cause I would have gone about this way, but like you did this. I'm just curious, like why, why you do that? that allows me to open up about why I'm doing what I'm doing or like bring in some of my history. Well, like when I grew up, I, it's just how it is. And, you know, so like that, it's almost like a way to be vulnerable without knowing you're being vulnerable. And I feel like in that type of setting, um, it's less judgmental. So I feel like, I guess if that's any advice or anything for anyone, maybe in your relationships with your friends or your coworkers or whatever, um, just kind of seeking to understand them and then that being a way that you open up within that relationship and then too taking that further and being like oh okay jordan he does i can't even come up with something that you do but he does this thing um and i don't do it that way so it kind of was annoying but i know that it's because of the way he grew up and his dad or his mom and he always did this with his siblings so like that's why he does it 
And so now moving forward, whenever these things happen, I can take that and understand and kind of not change who I am and change how I'm going to react, but like maneuver with him in that situation because I understand where he's coming. Mm -hmm. So I think being able to both parties to seek understanding and then being able to maneuver with each other without going outside of themselves and being somewhat different has helped. I feel like that's helped us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You go first. Me go first. what you have to say. Oh. If you see my thing, I'm going to be mad. Be mad. <laughs> Maybe cool. you should go first, Daylin. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think just to reiterate, like, it, same team. Like it, it doesn't matter. It, it's like it, it's us against the world. Like even if the problem is between us, like it's us against that problem. Like if one of us is the problem, it's still the two of us trying to figure out how to solve that problem. Mm. Um, and I think that that I I let that be what drives the words that come out of my mouth. Um, so I like am really big on not speaking in anger. Like <laughs> if I'm mad, I'm gonna take a walk. <laughs> Because you can't take words back. I think that the words that you say matter. Like, if you're talking to your partner or your spouse, like, this is the person that you probably want to spend the rest of your life with. Why would I say something that he will never be able to unhear, you know? So it's it's approaching everything with that understanding that what I say matters. It doesn't matter how little the thing is. Like, it's going to echo forever, if it's something that wasn't kind. And I mean, there's been times that I've said things that I didn't even realize like were upsetting. And he's been like, well, that hurt my feelings. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that I try really hard not to do, because I think that it's treating your partner with respect and understanding that you never want to do anything to hurt them. So I think that's the way that I go about everything is to prevent hurt and to like make sure that we're on the same same page or even if not the same page, the same team <laughs> heading yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think everything, all three of the points you guys have made have been great, but I think the thing that kind of ties those all together is like the intentional time set aside where it's like you and your partner actually talking about it with no distractions. You're not listening to music, you're not watching TV. I mean, you can be eating or like drinking, you know, coffee or, you know, having a drink. But like, if you're not having time to sit and actually talk and analyze and be vulnerable, none of this is ever going to work. You're never going to know what your partner's thinking. You never know what like you're going to need. If you're too busy doing your own things and it's like, we get up, we both do our own jobs and we have these things and then we come home, we eat, we go to sleep and then that's it. You don't ever actually talk about any of this. You don't do this in any practice. And you don't look across at the person that you love and be like, I like this person. Like, I'm, I'm glad I got to have this time with them. If you're just too busy doing your own things and in your own head, because then, you know, days, weeks, months are going to go by. And it's like this thing that was bothering you was never said out loud. And then it's festered into a bigger problem than if you would have talked about it from when it first came about. So it's like actually sitting and talking with each other. Yeah. That's the only way any of this will ever work. So yeah. not speaking out of anger, actually saying the things that are bothering you, being willing to have the conversation in the first place, and having the bravery to see each other and meet each other where you guys are. That's that's those mm-hmm. are like the big four that I got out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. What about for you from your perspective as someone who's growing yeah. in preparation? Yeah, as someone who's growing in preparation, I don't think I could have said it any more concisely than that. Because as as you guys were all speaking, everything you were saying, there was a moment in a previous relationship that came up for me. Boom, this thing happened. Boom, that thing happened. I remember when I told a previous partner, hey, I don't know how to talk to you because when I tell you my feelings, I upset you. If I don't tell you my feelings, I upset you. And their response was, well, you're gaslighting me. And I almost threw my phone through a wall. I'm like, what do you mean? But um, I, I think the best thing I can say is in order to show up in relationship, you have to first show up for yourself. Facts. 
big, 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 big facts. <laughs> that I just comes from single Aubrey being single for so long. People are always like, why do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, I just, I grew up with a mom who was in multiple relationships all the time, like many different men in and out of our lives. And then my parents are divorced. So my dad, on the other hand, was the complete opposite. Like he's married now. He's been married since, <clears throat> I don't know. 2009 maybe but um I didn't him and his wife knew each other for five years before we met her because they had like met and then had been dating for four or five years before we even met her for the first time um just because he was aware of how things were when we were with my mom. And so growing up, I was always like, you know, you have to be comfortable with who you are. Even with my friends, I have friends who are like always in relationships. I'm like, you need to be comfortable being single and being just alone before you can be in a relationship because that's not what I saw growing up. You know, I, my mom wasn't, she didn't want to, my mom didn't want to be alone. She was scared to be alone. Yeah. And so, and I think that's, you know, why a lot of her relationships didn't work because you never, you're so scared to be alone. And so you're morphing yourself to these relationships. Yeah. But then when things don't work, the whole relationship falls apart. Yeah. So that was always my big thing. So I, yeah, I agree. I, w- I think I would even take it a step further. It sounds <laughs> like your mom wasn't even scared to be alone. She was scared to be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, I think that's the big fear we run from. And like, yeah, uh, I think for me and to everyone, partnered, unpartnered situationships, entanglements, everything in between, um, a relationship is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, a, like a, it's a multi-lane highway. Right? There's, the other person is... Just because, like, you think they should be coming towards you, it also means you could be pushing them away. And if it's if it's if it's if it's a quote unquote two way street, the way people talk about it, it means they can also put the car in reverse. Mm-hmm. And as Emily said, the actions and the things that you do could either draw them towards you or push them away from you. And the only way you can really recognize that. Is if you recognize what you're what, like, what you're doing, what your needs are, what your demands are, and then, honestly, I don't I don't know if there's anything more to it than that. I'm sure there's way more to it than that, but like on on this particular conversation, um, I don't know if we could have said it any more perfectly. So I want to give a special thank you to Aubrey and Emily for joining us, Dalen and Jordan. I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and willingness to let your partners come on this conversation and. And I appreciate everyone listening. This has been the Men's Wellness Collective Podcast. I go by the name of Mookie. Professionally, I'm Caleb Dago K. These are my friends, Aubrey and Emily, Dalen and Jordan. We are the Men's Wellness Collective Podcast. The podcast drops every Friday. Be sure to like and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a rating. And we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.